0: Welcome to Pursue Wisdom, the teaching podcast of Bethlehem Church in Austin, Minnesota. I'm Pastor Paul Steele and we are in a sermon series called Asking for a Friend. We all have questions when it comes to God, the Bible, what it means to follow Jesus. And we would like some answers to those questions to give us confidence in what we believe. And so my prayer is that in this sermon series, you will be encouraged, that you will be given some reasons on why you can know that following Jesus is the absolute best way to live. Let's get into the sermon. Okay, we are in week number two of this 14-week sermon series on uh, on asking for a friend. These questions that that uh, people have but may not always feel comfortable with asking and so today we are asking that question do i need to choose between science and faith do i need to choose between science and faith well this morning you can see i brought my toolbox and so when we open this thing up i have this hammer Right? So if I'm going to go and my my project is to build a house and this is my one tool, I'm not going to get very far, right? You know, this is good at one, for one, basically one thing pounding. So if I need to measure something, well, I guess perhaps we could measure it in hammer links, right? If I need to cut, cut something, I guess we could try to use the claw on the back, but it's not going to give us a very clean cut or an accurate cut, right? So in order to build a house, I need more than just a hammer, right? We're probably going to need a saw, right? Because we're going to have to cut things to length. We're going to need something to cut with probably we're going to need something like a drill drill some holes all right like we're going to need this as well but maybe one of the most important things when it comes to building a house is this tool right here a level right because your house isn't going to be very good or firm it's a little crooked you need a level and of course you also need a tape measure right? you need to have precise length as everything's going to come together having the right tool is crucial when building a house or doing any sort of construction project and Caffeine might be the most important tool of all, but, so we need the proper tool. So when we are constructing our worldview, and a worldview is just how we look at the world, we need to have the right tools in order to construct it. And so when we come to a question like this do i need to choose between science and faith do i have to make that choice well it's kind of like asking what is the most important tool when it comes to building a house well it depends if you're gonna need to hammer in some nails you're going to want a hammer and not a saw. But if you're going to cut some some boards, you're going to want to have a saw and not a hammer. The most important tool is the one that's the most effective at accomplishing the job. And so when we are coming to construct our Worldview, we need a variety of tools in our toolbox to get to an accurate view of the world. Yeah, we need to have science. But we also need to have psychology. We also need to have history. We need to have... Uh, math we need to have economics we need to have faith or it kind of the the way that this question is phrased religion we need all of those to have a proper understanding of the world in which we live in you can't just have one but so often it does feel like in our culture that we are expected to choose one you need to have this one this one tool is the most important in order to understand the world that we live in and so oftentimes people will say you need to have science right because science is going (coughs) to give us this overall explanation of the world that we live in you can 't trust religion that was just created by bronze Age sheep herders, and what did they know? And yet we who follow Jesus need to not just think, "Oh, religion, our faith is the most important tool to have as well, because sometimes we can fall into that mindset of, well, the Bible said it, I believe it, and that ends it and we Neglect the other tools in our toolbox that are essential for helping us understand the world in which we live in. So do we need to choose between science and faith? No. We don't need to. They're not mutually exclusive options. We need All the tools in our toolbox in order to have an accurate, proper understanding of the world that we live in. I want you, I want us to take a look here at Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Here, David writes, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship day after day. They continue to speak night after night. They make him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. Like the sun rises, at, the sun rises at the end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to a, your servant, a great reward for those who obey him. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from the, these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Here, David worshiped God because of creation, right? He looks, here's, here's David, right? The shepherd boy, how many times had he slept out under the stars? Here's David who spent his time in the wilderness being chased by, by King Saul, How much time did he have outside marveling in the wonder of God's creation? And he comes away with this meditation of, man, the heavens, they declare your glory. They they have this message of praise. Their voice is never heard, but their message goes throughout the world. Then David also says, I worship God because of your law. Your law reveals to us who you are and how you want us to to be. It reveals to us who we truly are and the sin that is lurking in our own hearts. Two ways to look at the world, two ways to worship God. In Jesus' day, right? people had grown so much in love with the law that sometimes it blinded them to god himself there's this great season er, scene in 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 season three of the of the chosen where jesus goes to nazareth and he's in the synagogue remember this in in the gospels he goes home to nazareth he's in this he's in the synagogue they ask jesus to read And he reads from Isaiah, and then he says, and this is fulfilled today in your hearing. Like he declares that, hey, I am what the prophecy is talking about. I am the Messiah. Oh, (laughs) right? The, The rabbi, the leaders of the synagogue, they just like, they lose it. They're like, how can you be saying these blasphemous things? And then Jesus responds in in the chosen, not in in the gospel, in the chosen, he responds by saying this, I am the law of Moses. Like basically what Jesus is saying, you guys have been so consumed with learning about the law and studying the law, but you have missed the one that it's pointing to. You've missed it all. They learned to love the, the law so much that they missed what God was trying to reveal to them through it. We live in a world, right, in a culture where we have many people who are studying science. And science is really what the study of the world. And they have become so enraptured by the laws that God has put into our world that they've missed the one who designed it. In fact, they come away thinking and saying to themselves, oh, these laws explain everything. We don't need anything else. These are the laws that we need, and they will help us make sense of life. And they've missed it. They've missed the one who it points to. And so when we're asking this question, do I need to choose between science and faith? And the answer is no. But one of the things that we have to remember is that we have to remember people's motivations and the things that they bring into it. And one of the reasons why there seems to be a conflict between our faith and between science is because there are some people who want to use science as a way to explain away god and say all there is is what we can see and touch nature is all there is and that's all we need to understand they're come coming from it with this motivation and we just have to be aware of yeah that might cause some conflict but that doesn't mean that science has no value that we shouldn't listen to science. It's just that we have to understand the motivations behind what's being said. Like any tool, what matters is the way that we use the tool. Because we can use any of these tools incorrectly. But when we use the tools in the way they were meant to be used... They are, great. they are a great benefit to us. So when someone comes to you, or when you hear this, that you have to make this choice between religion and faith and, and science, I want us to remember these four realities. Now, I took these four from a Breakpoint video, which I'll be sharing later on this week. But these four realities, and the first reality is that modern science was started by Christians. So guys like Robert Boyle, Isaac Newton, Leonard Euler, Michael Faraday, uh, Blaise Pascal, you know, just to name a few. All of these guys made considerable uh, and significant contributions to our understanding of the world. And the reason that they did so was because they believed, because they're all Christians, they, the reason they did so was... Because they believed that God created an orderly universe. A universe that was governed by laws that could be studied and could be understood. They had this belief from, from knowing Genesis and, and why we were created. That, that we were created to be good stewards of this world and to, to rule it. And so we had kind of this mandate to understand the world that we live in. And so this propelled them to go out and understand the world so modern science is built on this reality that comes from christianity that we can understand the world that we live in see up until that time thomas cahill talks about this in his book uh the gift of the of the jews that up until this time and really, up until uh, God gave the law to, to the Jews, ev- people's understanding was that everything came from the gods. And so the way that they farmed, well, this was a gift from the gods. The gods told, taught us how to, to farm this way. And so that stifled any in- innovation. How can you improve on what the gods have given you to do? Like, you can't make any improvement, so we'll just keep on doing what? And yet, when Christians came along and said, you know what, God has given us this world to explore, to understand, let's study it. So the foundation of modern science is built on this belief that comes from Christianity that we can understand the world that we live in. The second reality that we need to understand is that there are many Christians who are scientists today. There are many Christians who are scientists today. So between 1901 and 2000, 60% of Nobel laureates were Christians. So people who had this belief in Jesus, who were following Jesus, and they were also dedicated to the pursuit of science and understanding the world that we live in. And even today, one of the best-known scientists... Francis Collins, who, who uh, headed up the Human Genome Project, is a faithful follower of Jesus. Like, to pursue a career in science, to pursue what science tells us, does not mean that you have to give up your faith in Jesus. The two are not mutually exclusive. There is no conflict between the two. The third thing is that the third reality that we need to remember is that science explains the how and religion explains the why. In other words, uh, science starts to help us understand how things work and religion helps us understand the purpose or the meaning behind it all. So imagine you're out taking a hike and you come upon my campsite. And i have a fire going and you ask this question why is that wood on fire and i respond well the ignition the ignition and uh, combustion of uh, the i need to read this because i'm not a scientist right so this actually isn't what i would actually say so that's why you have to use your imagination for this right why is that word on fire? The ignition and co- combustation of the wood is mainly based on the pri- priolysis of cellulose and the reactions of the pri- priolysis products with each other and with the gases in the air, mainly oxygen. When temperature increases, the cellulose starts the priolysis and thus the fire so here is this scientific explanation of why there is fire. Or, more likely, I could say, hey, I was hungry. I wanted to cook some food and get warm, so I started a fire. So one is, this is how it happens. This is all the chemical reaction. This is, this is And this is the reason why it happened. Both are true statements but they're looking at it from two different lenses, right? So science can tell us things like how our bodies function. It can tell us the process of erosion. It can tell us all about the water cycle. But religion, Christianity in particular, tells us about why. Or the purpose behind it all it doesn't just tell us about why our bodies function the way that they do christianity tells us why we're here in the first place that we're created in the image of god the fourth and last reality is that science can't explain everything science can't explain everything it can explain the laws of nature But it can't explain where matter comes from. And it can't explain how life began. And it can't explain our purpose. It can't explain morality. It can't explain uh, what it means to love or why we do things even when we know we shouldn't do them so i was reading this interview uh that a christian was having with richard dawkins i don't know if you know who richard dawkins is uh but he's a biologist he was also one of the new atheists that were big back in the early 2000s and uh, this christian (laughs) interviewer was asked him the question well what does it mean to love and uh and you could tell at this point that Dawkins was a little irritated because they've been talking about these types of things. And he said, well, we've talked about this before. Love is an emotion caused by brain stuff. Caused by chemical reactions and stuff going on in your brain. It causes this emotion. That's what love is. And so from his perspective, that's, you know, like here we have Valentine's Day. Try to say, hey, I love you, I, you know, I have this feeling to you because there's all this stuff going on in my head and my brain, like that's not romantic at all. And yet there's something, right? There's something about us that needs to believe that love is more than just brain stuff. Why do we have these feelings for each other? What's going on there? See, science can't explain those types of things. But these are things that we learn from religion, from faith. We find meaningful answers to them in the Bible, right? So remember those. Science and faith are not mutually exclusive choices. Rather, they are complementary tools, that we use to give us a more accurate and true view of the world yet this leads us to this question because i think it's a good one and that's this if so many people miss god when using science then do the heavens really declare the glory of god or as paul wrote in philippians or in romans in chapter 1, verse 20, right? For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. So if so many people using science and they miss God, is it really true then that God declares His glory, or that the heavens declare the glory of God. Since, as we talked about last week, since the Bible is trustworthy, we can expect to see, we should expect to see God's fingerprints in the world, in the universe that we live in. Now, there are many that we can point to. I'm just going to point to two. First of all, one example that ways that we can see god is by the fine tuning of the universe in the book why why i am a christian astronomer hugh ross who has a chapter in that uh book the chapter he wrote in that book is entitled why i believe in the miracle of divine creation so in that chapter he identifies 35 conditions that are so specific that if they vary just a little bit the universe wouldn't even exist there's 34 5 of those and one of those 35 is the is the is the gravitational force has to be constant gravitational force has to be com- constant if it's a little bit larger than it is stars would be too hot hot, and would burn out too quickly and unevenly if it was smaller stars would be so cool that nuclear fission would not be able to be achieved and thus there'd be no heavy element production so just that one thing if gravitational force was just a little bit different there's 35 of those constant things that have to be just finely tuned for our universe to ex- to exist. See, it's more probable for our universe not to exist for it to exist. And so really, one of the questions we could ask is why is there something rather than nothing? Why is that? And so there's those 35 constants, but that's not also counting the 122 specific conditions that have to be met, like the tilt of the earth's axis, for life to be possible, 122. So if the tilt of our axis was just off a little bit, or if we were just a little closer to the sun, or just a little further from the sun, life wouldn't be able to exist here on earth. And so the presence of this fine-tuning shows evidence that there was a designer who put all these specific things just where they needed to be. Another way that we can see God's fingerprints in the world that we live in is the origin of our eye. Because our eye is something that evolution cannot account for. Now, even if we just assumed that our eye came just the way it is, if we had no optic nerve, right, if there was no op- optic nerve, then your eye would be useless. And yet there would be no advantage to having an optic nerve without an eye. So why would... You know, that happened through evolution. Like, like why? What, what advantage would an animal have to have an optic nerve but no eye? Or to have an eye without optic nerve? And the same could be said with eyelids. Right? If, some, if an animal had eyelids but no eye, what, what's the purpose? What, what advantage would that give to that animal? None. And yet, if an animal had an eye without eyelids, the eye wouldn't last. And so here we see again God's design in giving these things. We see his fingerprints there. It's almost like someone designed it fully formed, right, the eye, and popped it in place just the way it was meant to be as a designer at work see faith helps us see these examples as god's fingerprints as the designer of it all so we can be confident that when the bible says hey god's glory is seen in the heavens like yeah when you take a look at it from the the position of faith We can see, yeah, God is there. God is working. God is the reason behind it all. So here's our big idea this morning. Science and religion are tools that we use to gain a better understanding of God and the world that we live in. Science and and faith are tools that help us gain a better understanding of God and the world that we live in. If we are really pursuing truth, then we need all the things at our disposal to build an accurate, truthful view of the world that we live in. And we shouldn't be scared of, of any of it, right? Because God's truth is truth, or all truth is God's truth. And so we want to know what is true and what's not. We don't need to make this this distinction between faith and religion. No, they work together to give us a more accurate view of the world that we live in. So here's our challenge this morning. Read through Psalm 19 each day this week, and ask God to reveal himself through the world we live in, through nature, and through the Bible, right? That's what David says. Hey, I know you. I know myself better, not only by seeing all the wonder of creation, but also by studying the law. Those two things work together to give me a more accurate picture of who God is and who I am. We live in in God's world, right? We live in God's world. Science helps us understand the laws that govern the physical world. Christianity helps us understand the one who put it all there to begin with. Christianity helps us understand the one who put it, who put this world here to begin with. We don't have to worry about the questions that we may have. God's not afraid of them. There are good answers to the questions that we have. And I am confident that as we seek these answers, God is going to use the whole process to strengthen our faith and make us into the people that he created us to be. Keep on asking those questions and keep on looking to God.